0: And uh, I, I do want um, to say to you just, I'm um, grateful uh, for you as a church. Um, the, the I'm fully recognized that my ability to do the study I've done and graduate um, is because you as a church called me and allowed me to do it and, and said go do it and supported me along the way. And so I just, I, I'm thankful to, to each one of you. Um, so thank you. Uh, I, I want to just start with just uh, just to pray again, but just, there, there's been been doing a lot up here and uh, and so I just invite you for a minute just have a, a, a few seconds of silence just settle your heart uh, prepare your heart to, to hear from the lord and uh, and then I'll, and then I'll pray for us so let's just just take a moment uh, if your mind has shifted and gone to what is later this day or later this week um, maybe you came in your heart was full and busy uh, and, and you've yet to settle it uh, I just invite you now in in these next few seconds just just settle your heart before the Lord. So let, let's let's turn to Him. Holy Spirit, we're thankful you are with us. And we can know your presence even just in the stillness of these few seconds, and we're grateful. And so, Lord, we pray as we turn to your word, your precious word, your perfect word, we pray now, Lord, would you incline our hearts towards you. Would you open our eyes, Holy Spirit, that we could see marvelous things from your word. We pray that we would not have an undivided heart in these in the hearing of your word, may we have a heart united in awe and fear of your name. And then, Lord, we pray that, that we would be satisfied by your love for us, that we would be satisfied by no other thing, Lord. Help us to turn from anything that we are lo- looking for, for satisfaction. May we find it this morning in, in your, through your word, in your love, Lord, we pray. Be satisfied in your love. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh as, as Angela said, we're in a series on the Lord's Prayer, and we have come to the fifth petition. Uh, the fifth petition is in verse 12, and I, I'm going read to the, read the whole prayer uh, that's out on your outline um, for you. So read along with me as I read, uh, starting in verse 9. This is Jesus' uh, teaching. This, then, is how you should pray. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Then I'll continue in verse 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be to God. Amen. Uh, you can see why we don't often read verses 14 and 15. <laughs> Difficult verses, and, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but I, I want to begin just by, by going circling back to our seniors um, where are they? I'm trying to locate our seniors. There's one. They're there. Oh, they're all on the, the side wing over there. Okay, good. That will help. Oh, there's one over there. Okay, Mike. All right, thank you. Um, so, seniors, as, we, as I already said to you, your, your diploma, which I think you all have, have or will have shortly, um, you worked hard for it. You Blood, sweat, and tears. High school is no joke. Junior high is even worse, right? Um, and and you you earned that diploma, but I also know that you know that you didn't earn it alone, that it was also your parents' blood, sweat, and tears uh, from the moment you were born, well, from the moment you were conceived. uh, The the, the outpouring of love and the mentors in your life helped you arrive at at this moment. Uh, And and really, they've given you something uh, that you cannot really quantify the gift of, of where you are in your life. So here's, here's, here's what I mean, here's an experiment in gratitude. Here's what I would like, and I'll share it with you because I just graduated. Let's spend the next 18 years, I think you guys are all 18 uh, at this point or close to it. Let's spend the next 18 years, let's try to repay back all the people in our life for what they've given us. Let's try to do that. And in, in the time, in the, in the money, in the heartache, in the, the, the night staying up with you when you were crying as a baby, and, and all the meals and everything they've given you, let's try to repay back. I'll try it too for 18 years. Let's give it a shot, right? No problem. Now, it's impossible, right? You, you can't do it. You cannot, you cannot repay your mother for carrying you <laughs> to, to birth, right? That's an impossible thing. Uh, don't try to do that. Uh, it's absurd, but, but what, all you're left with right, is gratitude. All you're left with is you've been given a gift that you cannot possibly repay. All you're left with is gratitude. Um, And so we give and receive gifts to each other that can't be replayed. It's it's the nature of a gift. Um, And here's where where we begin to meet the the text a little bit this morning, is that it's also true that we we take from people and others in ways that we can't restore. We, We incur debts in a way that we can't actually pay back. Uh, When you hurt someone in your life, intuitively you know that you need to do something to make it right. Often, uh, kids, your parents will say, go say sorry. There's there's something you need to do to make a debt right. Uh, There's someone in your life right now, this is true of everybody in this room, there's somebody in your life right now that you owe an apology. Listen to the language we use. You owe an apology to. And there's also someone in right now who owes you an apology, right? And there's probably somebody who's sitting close by you, I would imagine. This is family, this is how families are. And, and the Bible is, is, is actually uses this kind of economic language to talk about relationships and uh, our lives. And that's what we have in this fifth petition. Uh, and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And some of you, I know this is the trouble with always, we, we did well there because we had the words to, to read it together. But whenever you, we say the Lord's Prayer with other people, this is always a, the point where it messes up, right? Somebody says trespasses, somebody says debts, somebody says sins, and then we're sort of, we've lost the moment, right? Um, but, but actually, the, the, the word in Matthew 6.12, you can be confident, the word in Matthew 6.12 is debts. It, it's rightly translated debts. Um, and, and verse 14, when, we read, when I read that to you, forgive um, other people when they sin against you. That is rightly um, translated trespasses or sins. And some of you may say, well, what about Luke 11? We also get the Lord's Prayer there. Rightly translated as trespasses. So what you actually have is three English words because you have three Greek words. They're three different words. So, so in particular, um, we're just gonna just clear that up for you, which is it, it's debts in in Matthew 12, debts, obligations. The word means it's an obligation, it's something you owe, you owe. Uh, one, one of Anne's favorite novels is, uh, is Saint Maybe by Anne Tyler. Anybody, anybody Anne Tyler fans in the house? Yeah, there, they, t- okay, a couple of them. Talk to them. They'll, you know, they'll invite you into the world of Tyler. She's a wonderful author. She wrote a book called Saint Maybe. It's a story about, um, about a, a character that uh, begins as a teenager, Ian Bedloe. And he's, he's growing up in an upper-class Baltimore family. And it's a story about how his life unravels after his, his older brother dies in, in an accident. And, and the reason why his life unravels is because Ian was the last person to talk to his older brother, Danny, before his death. And, and they, had, they had a horrible argument. And so Ian blames himself. He, he sees himself as, I'm the reason why, why my older brother died. And the rest of the story is, is Ian's attempt to try and, and, uh, and make, make, some, make the debt right for his brother's life. Uh, he, he does a bunch of things. One of, the, one of the more memorable things he does is he, he finds himself in a, a congregation called Church of the Second Chance, which is kind of a nice title of a church. I mean, he, he's drawn in. There's a nice signage on the, on the, the outside of the building. Uh, unfortunately, he goes in, and he's, the pastor counsels him in a way that I assure you, Angelo and I will never counsel you. Uh, he says, here's how you're going to pay your debt. You need to join our good works program and, and work it off, work off the debt, uh, which, as you would imagine, goes really well. No, it, it, further, it further drives him into that obligation. I cannot work, I can't do enough good works to bring back my brother or to pay the debt, uh, later on in the story, uh, Ian becomes uh, he becomes responsible for uh, his brother's children, his orphan his orphan's brother's children um, and, and and even and the story is this battle of he's trying to take joy and raise these children right, but as you can imagine, the children are also a daily reminder of, of his debt, of what he took away from them and, and so his he he tries to parent them out of something other than this this crushing guilt and debt, but he, he just can't shake it. Debt becomes uh, the primary way he relates to all the people in his life because because our debts, what, what what we feel like we owe other people, have a way of sort of lodging themselves in our lives, and that's what happened to Ian. He couldn't he couldn't get it out. So I I recognize that it's no great revelation for any of you to 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 be told we wrong each other, uh, that that we hurt each other. Uh, But what Ian's stories demonstrates is is something that you know to be true in your own life, um, is that we have debts that actually can't be repaid. We hurt people in ways that we actually cannot fully restore. So, so just a simple example. When you lie to a person, the debt you owe them is not measured in the number of words you use to lie. You cannot recover that debt by simply using that number of words to say the truth back. No, no, what you also owe is you've broken trust with that person. And and for those of you who've experienced that in your life, in your relationships, building back trust does not mean I, I have a quantity of words I must use. It's much more difficult than that, isn't it? Uh, One other way, just to think about it. Um, We all know this to be true. Russia cannot now just simply say, sorry, we'll pull back, we'll give you the land back, here's all the land we took, and the debt is restored. No, no, the the horror of what we've read over what's happened in Ukraine cannot be paid simply by giving back the land. It's, it's a debt that you Russia will be on Russia for generations to come. And, and of course, that's just the, the current event. We know that this is the story of many ways of human civilization. Debts that we can't pay to each other. And, and, and so what we do as humans, and you know this, is that what we try to do then is get creative. We barter. Right? We try to restore. We know we need to restore it in a way we can't, so we, we barter to try and make good on debts. One of the ways we do it is actually what we invite our kids to do all the time: is we try to go say you're sorry, demonstrate some sort of, of of emotion. You know, if if you kind of if you can show the person that you feel the pain that you've caused them, then somehow that that will bring some restoration. Right? This is this is one of the ways we try to do it. Uh, it Another way you, you could try to do it is actually through Church of the Second Chance advice. Penance, right? Uh, kids, how many, and certainly our seniors, you may have remembered doing this at some time in your life. You've done something to your parents. You've broken a rule. And, and the solution is, well, look, all right, I'll do extra chores this week. Right? You try to 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 make whole what you've broken. And, and so... So the problem is, of course, that those things aren't actually, don't have any restoring power. Uh, don't, don't mishear hear me. Kids, you should demonstrate you feel the hurt you've inflicted on other people. That's a good thing. Uh, and it's actually a good thing to try and make whole what you've broken, even if you can't replace the priceless vase or whatever it is that you've, that you've broken. Uh, th- those things are good. The problem is that, n- that again, nothing can make them whole. And, and, and actually the problem is deeper than that. So the problem's gonna get worse for a while. So just, sorry, just, just prepare you for that. The problem's gonna get worse for a little while. Because what, why we can't make it whole is because the one that you lie to is also a liar. When you hurt someone, that person's also somebody who's hurting other people in the world. And so, and so two liars trying to negotiate Restoring a debt over a lie. This is, this is the corrupt investigating the corrupt. We, we can't actually formulate a right way to, to make what we've taken from each other whole because we're all broken. And this, this is, this is the, one of the, the great human problems that we face. Uh, and so when you lie to somebody, you actually drain their ability to rightly judge um, your efforts to make it whole. We are, um, as we've actually seen in our, in, within our lifetime, we're corrupt bankers regulating on corrupt bankers. And, and so, and so just, just to bring this back home to yourself, as I said, there's somebody you owe an apology to, there's somebody who owes an apology to you. Um, it's also true that, and we know this about ourselves, there's probably somebody in your life who no matter what they do, they will never be able to fully pay back a debt they owe you. And, and I, I know this in my own life. There, there are people um, that, that I know of in my life who nothing they can do can actually repay some of the hurt that has taken place to people I love and to people and to me. And it's also true that you have taken debts from people, you have done things to people that nothing you can do can actually make it whole, again. And this is is actually what the scriptures tell us is our human heritage. This is Genesis three. Adam and Eve took something that was not theirs and nothing they could do could actually make that whole in themselves. This is the human condition. This is what the Bible calls sin. And, and I recognize, and, and Ann pointed this out to me, that actually there, there's a cultural shift right now. If you were to go, you cannot no longer go out into the streets and say, what are you going to do, old oh man, with your guilt and sin? That doesn't necessarily, that's not a question that our culture is asking anymore, right? Uh, I remember uh, Dad on the streets of Dublin. That was a starting point. You could, you could bring people to Christ by, by asking them, what are you going to do with your guilt? And I don't know. I should have. I should have checked with you on that one. I'm pretty sure that's what I remember. The old evangelical method, methods, uh, evangelism. But 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 it's still. But but if you were still to ask somebody in our culture today, they they there's a phrase Kafka uses. He says that we we know sin, but we don't know guilt. Right. So everybody knows something's wrong with the human race. They may not recognize it as guilt, but but we know what sin is, don't we? And so, and so, this 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 relationship that we have, this inability to solve our debts with each other, um, we know sin, even if we don't know what is guilt. We know something is deeply wrong with us. So, um, I, I told you the problem is going to get worse. I'll take you one step further in it getting worse. Uh, it, it's not only that we can't resolve our debts between one another. What the Bible teaches and what this prayer is actually showing us is that we actually can't get right with each other unless we're right with God. Uh, We're told to pray a prayer that begins with our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven. We're told to pray it daily to be reminded and invited into the truth that actually all of our lives, all of our lives are lived before him. And so, so here's why the problem gets worse, because your debts are actually not only primarily to the people in your life that you know, your debt is primarily before the living God. What you've taken from people, when you, when you, when you hurt another person, the debt first lays at the feet of the God of the universe. Every evil act in this world is actually evil because it steals away from the goodness of God's creation and it breaks his perfect law. And therefore, only the creator and the sustainer of all of life can actually claim to be the first injured party. Um, all of debts come to him because of who he is. And so this isn't, this isn't actually don't 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 misunderstand, this is not a shift where Christians say, and so how you treat other people doesn't matter. <laughs> it actually heightens the stakes. It, it, it heightens the stakes because Your injury of another is an injury toward God because that person was created by God, right? It raises the stakes for our treatment of others. And so when we injure others, as I said, God is injured. This is why we see um, Psalm 51. Many of you will know. How does David talk about his sin? Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And if you know David's story and what he's repenting of, that's an alarming statement, He's murdered a husband to take a wife for himself. And, and he's, not, he's not saying that doesn't matter. He's saying, "It's evil and wrong because I violated God what you have made to be good." His debt lays before the living God. And so that's the, the, the Bible's audacious claim is that our lives in our lives, our greatest need is actually to be right with God first to be right with God. That's the, that's the intellectual furniture you need. That's the orientation. That's the idea that you need to hold as you, as you attempt to follow Christ in the world. Everything begins and ends with, are you right before God? Are you right with the living God? What Ian needed in that story wasn't a lifelong program of paying off his debts. He needed to bring his guilt and shame before for the Lord, and this is actually—I'll just just double down on it a little bit more. You know where in um, in Mark two, where Jesus heals the paralytic. There's a man laying completely, body completely broken, lowered down through a ceiling toward, before Jesus. And what does Jesus take? What does Jesus see as his primary need in that moment? Not not to be made whole physically. He says, he says, your sins are forgiven is your primary need is to be made whole before God. Now, now, don't hear, of course, that God doesn't care about our physical ailments. That's not the point. Right? But the point is, is, the primary need is to be right with God. And so the question then is, how, how then? Now you arrive. How do I make my debts right with God? How do I come to God and say, clear my debts, clear my sins? Well, you can't. You can't. I can't. Every human I take from is also a taker. Every judge is also worthy of judgment. But when you come before God, you come before one who is perfect in every way. And so therefore, his view of you is not tainted in the least. He sees you all the way down to your depths. He sees every debt that you've taken from him and from the world, all the way down to the steps. And so, and so, the, so brothers and sisters, see then, how does he teach you to pray? How does, this, how does he teach you to pray? Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. The word forgive, it means to pardon, to, to remit, to cancel, to leave, abandon my debts. And so think about how disarming this invitation to pray is in this way. He says, don't, don't come to God ready to barter. Don't come trying to summon up enough. God, I'm showing you some emotion. I've got some tears going. right? I, I'll, I'll read my, you know, the classic, I'll read my Bible, I'll pray. Like, Don't come trying to barter. The first word, forgive. Cancel my debt, Lord. Cancel my debt. It's... This, this, was the, this drove it home for me. It's the same word. This word forgive is the same word that Jesus uses um, in, 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 I'm sorry, that Mar- Matthew uses to describe what Jesus does in Matthew 8. In Matthew 8, Jesus goes in to heal the girl with, with fever in her body. Do you remember this? He goes in, the, the girl is laying down, she, fever, fever in her body, desperately sick. And, and Matthew describes it this way. Jesus touched her hand and the fever left her left her. That's the same word for forgive. When when you come to ask forgiveness, what you're asking God is, please take my debt in the way that the fever left the girl laying in sickness. So forgiveness from God, it drains away our debts. They're laid on the cross in the same way that a fever leaves the body. So how you, you should be asking, how can, he, how can he give us such words to ask? How is our debt paid? How can he, how can he so audaciously tell us, just say, forgive, forgive my debts? Well, we, we're released from our debts because, because you know the story. You know that there was one who paid our debts in full. Uh, on the cross, Jesus took on all our debts we owe. Think, just gather this, the debts in this room, the harm that's been done and received. He took it all on himself. So God doesn't turn a blind eye. He doesn't spoil the perfection of his sight. But it's actually within his perfect justice. It's within his perfect justice that we have the miracle of Forgiveness. We have miracles in creation within. Miracles only occur within the the right order. Right? That's that's what a miracle is. Forgiveness is a miracle within the perfect justice of God. It's a miracle within his justice. Uh, Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So we pray, brothers and sisters, pray this prayer with two convictions. We need forgiveness. We need forgiveness for our debts. And God has offered it to us on the cross. And and the second conviction is God wants to give it. God is ready and willing and, and eager to give it. Forgive us our debts. Forgiveness is freely offered because on the cross, Jesus paid it. So, so I realize I've blown past leading you through my points, but we're on the last point now. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, so, so who do we become then? We still have this. We still have this business now. Some of you might be thinking that's great. You haven't dealt with verse fourteen and fifteen, nor have you dealt with the second half of verse twelve. No problem. We're going to do it here, real quick. Uh, for, uh, verse fourteen. Uh, sorry, ver, verse twelve. And forgive our debts, as we also, as almost a casual and yet very difficult. Uh, a commentary, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And then verse 14 and 15, for if you forgive other people they, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Th- this sounds a little bit like a setup. So we've been led to this idea, forgive, ask for forgiveness, freely ask. Ah, but, but, but Jesus says there's a catch, it seems. Only, only ask forgiveness if you have done the work of this, the, the church of the second chance. Have you gone out and earned this forgiveness? It seems Jesus to be saying. Well, uh, re- remember what we said. We all have debts we can't pay pay, pay, uh, pay, uh, pay, pay for. Um, and when you sin, it's actually against him. And therefore, he alone is able to, to forgive. And that's the orientation to life, right? That's that's the truth that you need to, to orient yourself around, but but there's more than that. It's not just a truth to understand. So um, so so bear with me. Uh, Matthew 18, chapter Matthew 18. Jesus tells a story about it, uh, uh, and it, and it it comes after Peter asked Jesus, "Hey Lord, how many times do I have to forgive my brother or sister?" Uh, up to seven times, and in Jesus uh, Jesus' response, he tells a story of a servant, and some of you know the story. There's a servant who has an enormous debt to a king. Uh, It's a debt of massive proportions that even if he worked a lifetime, he couldn't pay it off. And and the debt is getting ready to be paid by selling the servant's children and his wife. This is how the story goes. Uh, and, And so the servant is driven down to his knees. He begs the king, please forgive my debt. Don't sell my children. And the king is merciful. And the king has compassion. And he forgives his debt. Uh, and, and then you know what happens. Almost immediately, the servant goes out, finds somebody who owes him a little bit of money, strangles him and says, give me what you owe me, and when, he, when, when the guy he's strangling says, I don't have it, the, the, the servant throws him in jail. He refuses to hear the cries of compassion. So the servant's debt was cleared, but, but what, part of the point of the story is his life was not changed. The servant's life was not changed. He knew he'd been released, but he didn't know the one who had set him free. And so this is why when you read the gospel accounts, um, when you read the letters of the New Testament, what you find is not just a ledger of the benefits of Christ. It's not just a list of what you gain through Christ. It's not simply a bank est- bank statement. They're encounter, they're accounts of An encounter with a person. Listen, listen to what Paul says about Christ in in Philippians 3. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. Knowing not about knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And so so how are we dealing with this? What is Jesus saying? What what do we learn from Paul? Paul didn't just grasp a new understanding about life. He encountered a person. He encountered Christ. He spoke of being found in Christ, in union with Christ. And so the gift of forgiveness comes to us not as an impersonal gift left at our doorstep, like an Amazon package, right? We, We receive forgiveness because we're found in Christ, and so you can think of it like this: When my hands are open to the only one who can cancel my debt and give me the gift of forgiveness, that then becomes my posture to all other people. This is what Jesus is saying. Have you have you known the embrace of Christ? Not just the idea of forgiveness, but have you encountered the person of Christ? If you have encountered the person of Christ, this will be your posture to receive the gift, to know Christ's embrace. And so what Jesus is saying is that if indeed you are like this before Christ, then most certainly this will be the way you are before others. Because remember, your orientation to life is an orientation toward God. And if you're like this toward God, you will be like this toward others. And so brothers and sisters, it's not conditional. It's a statement of what it, what happens when you encounter Christ. You are in him. You know his embrace. And so this becomes who you are. You can't, you can't then do this to somebody who you owe forgiveness without also doing that toward God. And so just, just as a final, uh, to, to conclude, what, what are just some, there's all sorts of things that, that, that because of this in our lives um, that are true now because of this. Can I just give you uh, just a few quick things? Uh, before, before we close. Um, seniors, well, here's something to walk with this year as you enter this next year. Uh, the invitation, confess your sins daily. Confess your sins daily. Uh, you don't ask for forgiveness because then that accomplishes the forgiveness, but when you do that, you enter in to Christ's once and for all forgiveness. Confess your sins daily. Enter into that reminder every day that Christ forgives you. Know his embrace in that way. A uh, couple other things. If you're someone here today who's actually what you're hearing, um, and this may be difficult for you, particularly if you are, you've, be, you've been a victim of something really really hurtful. And so it might be a lot to say to you, your, your job is to go now and forgive others. And, and what, what, you're, what, what may be ringing in your ears is, what about justice? What about the person who did something to me? And and so the the response to that is just a couple things. God loves justice. And what we're not saying about forgiveness is then everything is kumbaya. That forgiveness means now that you you hold hands and dance in a circle together. Sometimes forgiveness is a process that takes many years, slowly, and that that could change and likely will change your relationship with that person. So just know that. That's not the implication. There's lots of other wisdom in the scriptures that that lead us in that. But also know that actually Christ inviting you to forgive somebody who's done you great harm is in fact the way that, that you have victory over what that person's done in your life. Because otherwise that debt will stay with you and that person's hold on your life will stay with you. And as little by little, day by day, the Spirit draws you into that forgiveness, you will actually be released and have freedom from that harm done to you. Uh, Two more quick things, if you allow me. Um, Parents, uh, there's a pang in my heart when I stand up here and I I said, parents, you're doing well before our seniors and before our profession of faith, in part because I know that many of you, your, your children are struggling. And so you might hear that and say, I'm not doing well because my children aren't up on stage. And, and so, so what this tells us, what, the, what, what you need to hear from this, is that because Christ offers us this prayer, the, the story for your children is never over. Amen? The forgiveness of God is abundant and available, and the story for your children is not over. And we not, may not see that fruit today or this week, but you sh- please don't be discouraged. Know that Christ's forgiveness means the story for your children's life is not over. Forgiveness is offered abundantly. And then lastly for us as a church, um, and the worship team, I'd invite you to come forward. Uh, as a church that knows the forgiveness of God, um, what that means for us as a community is that we then we, we, we expose ourselves to some risk. What we're saying is that if we as a community know the forgiveness of Christ, this will be our posture to anybody who comes our way. I, are you prepared for that as a church? To, to be open and ready to embrace whatever brokenness comes our way because Christ has done that for us. And that's risky as a church because I'd like to control who those people are and how much, how much it takes from me. But, but Christ calls the broken and the weary and the needy to his church. And so what we're saying as we pray this daily is let us be a community that has this posture toward those who come our way. And trust that the Lord will will help us to forgive, to love, and accept those who are needy. Uh, I'll I'll end with uh, Carolyn Ahren's um, quote here uh, as an exhortation to us. Forgiveness is a journey toward abdicating the judgment seat Come on, Church of Jesus Christ, we got to abdicate the judgment seat and being released from the bondage of resentment. And in praying this prayer, let's, let's pray, it, pray it three times a day this week and, and let's watch the Lord use our community to be a place of welcoming others into his, his forgiveness and his embrace. Amen. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for the word. Thank you for your invitation to forgiveness. Thank you that you pay the debt on the cross so that we can know wholeness now. Make us a community that lives and breathes and walks in that way. Help us, so we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.